Si tienes ciertas afecciones crónicas como enfermedad cardíaca, asma, diabetes y tienes 19 años o más, 52, 36, 42, puedes estar en mayor riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocósica. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico acerca de vacunarte con Prevnar 20, vacuna conjugada antinomocósica 20 valente, una vacuna de Pfizer que puede ayudar a proteger contra la neumonía neumocósica con una sola dosis. Prevnar 20 está aprobada para adultos para ayudar a prevenir infecciones contra 20 cepas de la bacteria que causa la neumonía neumocósica. La aprobación continua puede depender de un estudio de apoyo. No uses Prevnar 20 si has tenido una reacción alérgica grave a la vacuna o a sus componentes. Adultos con sistemas inmunitarios debilitados pueden tener una respuesta reducida a la vacuna. El efecto secundario más reportado fue dolor en el área de la inyección. Para más efectos secundarios comunes e información completa de prescripción, llama al 1-855-213-2138 o visita Prevnar20 en español.com. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico sobre Prevnar20. Si tienes ciertas afecciones crónicas como enfermedad cardíaca, asma, diabetes y tienes 19 años o más, 52, 36, 42. Puedes estar en mayor riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocósica. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico acerca de vacunarte con Prevnar 20, vacuna conjugada antinomocósica 20 valente, una vacuna de Pfizer que puede ayudar a proteger contra la neumonía neumocósica con una sola dosis. Prevnar 20 está aprobada para adultos para ayudar a prevenir infecciones contra 20 cepas de la bacteria que causa la neumonía neumocósica. La aprobación continua puede depender de un estudio de apoyo. No uses Prevnar 20 si has tenido una reacción alérgica grave a la vacuna o a sus componentes. Adultos con sistemas inmunitarios debilitados pueden tener una respuesta reducida a la vacuna. El efecto secundario más reportado fue dolor en el área de la inyección. Para más efectos secundarios comunes e información completa de prescripción, llama al 1-855-213-2138 o visita Prevnar20 en español.com. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico sobre Prevnar20. If you would like to support the show and buy us a coffee, head to ko-fi.com slash tcfcpod. Welcome back to It's Haunted, What Now? I'm your host, Lainey. The spooky tales just keep coming in from all around the globe, which makes me so thankful for you. You guys keep creeping me out in the best way possible, and if you follow us on Instagram, you might even catch some of my own personal ghost stories. I also plan to start a YouTube channel that brings stories to life, but that's a few months off. In any case, time to turn out the lights. Okay. Ready to get spooked? Our first story comes from the impatient Moon, who shares their experience with what they believe to be a malicious entity in New Orleans, Louisiana. This is an experience I had in 1989. I have never written about this and have only discussed it with two other people in the years since it happened. In May of 1989, I was finishing my first year of law school. In February of that year, I had started dating a fellow student who was a self-proclaimed witch. 
I always thought it was more posing than anything else, but she was attractive and we had a lot of fun together, mostly fueled by drugs and alcohol. Once on a clear Saturday afternoon, she made us do a seance in her apartment. Maybe it was the stimulants, which we were not strongly into that day, or maybe it was real. In the middle of it, a storm arose outside. Doors in her apartment slammed and I had a vision of the woman I was trying to contact. My friend described to me what I saw and she was quite accurate. This is mostly backstory, but it does help emphasize the main story. After final exams, we went to New Orleans for a few days of Jazz Fest. The only room we could find was in a newer hotel in the Central Business District. We checked in with quite a large amount of powder, which we depleted over the next few days. I'm mentioning the drugs out of a sense of disclosure and because the statute of limitations has long since run. Jazz Fest ended while we were there and the town cleared out. She wanted to stay one more night at an older hotel in the French Quarter. So we checked into the Hotel Provincial on Chartres Street. It's kind of a rambling affair with parts of it taking up the width of the block. They gave us, I think, room 523, which overlooked Decatur Street. Underneath our level were shops, one of which had an awning you could walk on, so we did. For our last night in New Orleans, we ordered room service, then moved a table and chairs through the window onto the awning of the shop below and ate dinner outside. Screw it, it's New Orleans, you do what you want. By this time, we had exhausted our supply of drugs and weren't really drinking hard. I guess it was the night to rest up before going home. New Orleans is like that. After dinner, we crawled into bed and watched TV for a while, and yes, we had sex. I did not know it would be the last time. She fell asleep before I did. I was awake, feeling that something was not right. I kind of had a feeling that we were about to break up. I loved her, or thought I did. 30 years later, I realized I was in love with having a good time. The room was not completely dark because nothing was going to block the streetlights from seeping in. I want to emphasize that I was completely awake. I was not in a twilight or dozing, 100% awake. I got the feeling something was about to happen. I distinctly remember thinking, something bad is about to happen. I felt my body stiffen, getting ready for something that I could not describe. From the other corner of the room over my left shoulder, I saw a blue light. The light moved around the room, went above the bed and came down. Immediately from a dead sleep, she jumped from her back on top of me, slapping and hitting at me and clawing. She said nothing. I finally got my hands around her wrist. Our eyes met and she went limp. She got off me and flopped onto her back on her side of the bed. She kind of laughed, but nervously. I'm sorry, she said. I didn't know what I was doing. She got back up and went to the bathroom. While she was in there, I went to my backpack and very deliberately removed the bullets from the magazine of the Smith & Wesson I had in there. I don't know why, it just seemed to be a good idea. She came out of the bathroom and asked me what I was doing. Nothing. She knew I was lying. She didn't know about the handgun until that very moment. Finally, she said, that's probably a good idea. We didn't talk about it. She went back to sleep and I finally did. The next morning came without incident. When we checked out, I asked the desk clerk, by the way, does that room have a history? What do you mean? 
you know, a history like things happening in it, weird things. He was sort of nonplussed and fumbling for a response when the thing that scared us the most happened. A manager quickly emerged from the office behind the front desk. There is nothing wrong with that room, sir. Well, I said, I'm not saying there is. I'm just asking if anybody has ever said that anything odd or weird has happened in there. There is nothing wrong with that room, sir. We hope you enjoyed your stay. The way he said it was so... final. My friend and I looked at each other. She looked both amused and scared at the same time, like, dude, you need to drop it. Here we are, in the cradle of voodoo, supernatural, paranormal, whatever, in the entire North American continent, and we were being told to shut up about a paranormal incident. Man, this is the kind of thing they advertise here. They charge extra for it, and this dude was telling us it didn't happen. We drove most of the way home in silence. Finally, I couldn't take it anymore. What happened last night? Something told me you were trying to kill me, was all she said. She was slumped in the car seat, eyes hidden behind sunglasses. I knew the relationship was over. You know I wouldn't do that. I know, she said. She sounded sincere. She paused, looked out the window. But that dude sure didn't want to talk about it, did he? Nope, and that bothers the hell out of me, I said. Me too. And that was that. When we got back home, I took her to her apartment. She said she wanted some time to herself. When I called her a few days later, she was vague about seeing me again. She never brought up the incident in the hotel, and I knew that wasn't it, really. She was a complicated, confused person. She liked me because I had an open mind and, at the time, money to spend. She was one of those don't-get-too-close types. I suppose falling in love and then having a spirit invade her was, despite her professed infatuation with the supernatural, not on her list of things to do. A few years later, after law school graduation, she was in the wrong place at the wrong time when the police arrived. She had to wear an ankle monitor for a year or so and never, as far as I know, was allowed to take the bar exam. One day around 2006, I was walking across the street downtown and she was crossing the other way. We looked at each other briefly and I saw her smile. Honestly, I was so far past the point of giving a damn that I just kept walking. My wife knows nothing about this. She and her family have a long relationship with New Orleans, been there a lot, had a relative that lived there, that kind of thing. Early on in our courtship, I let it slip that something weird happened to me there, but then immediately regretted saying it. I promised to explain it later. That was 15 years ago. In the times she and I have been there, the subject has never come up. That was a pin I never circled back to. When I was writing this, I googled the hotel for information. I see now that they do, at least, promote a paranormal incident a hotel worker had, but nothing like what I'm describing. Another website of top 10 haunted hotels says a female guest reported being pulled from her bed by a hand and dragged across the room while she kicked and screamed. That sounds familiar, and I wonder if my friend ever got to someone with her story. I doubt it. She would have, at least, told the truth about the spirit making her attack her partner. A review on TripAdvisor says that Building 5 is the haunted building. 
and the guest reported seeing a dark present that was not malevolent. We were, I guess, in Building 5. Not malevolent, though, is inaccurate. Other websites mention hauntings. The internet, as we know it, did not exist in 1989. If it had, I would have spent days upon days spreading the story around. I don't believe now the same way I did then. I watch YouTube videos about paranormal and creepy and think, hoax, fake, or whatever. But to this very moment, I believe something was in that room, and it is not something I want to meet again. Maybe if you don't believe, it leaves you alone. And finally, JC, wherever you are, I hope life has been good to you. Wow, what a roller coaster. I for sure will look at the Hotel Provincial next time I plan a trip to New Orleans. Anyways, I have no explanation for any of that except to say that it is New Orleans, so it doesn't surprise me one bit that you experienced something so strange there, and what a strange reaction she had when you didn't provoke her at all, so ugh, creepy. The whole thing really does leave me scratching my head. And our next story comes from Breaker, host of the Darker Side True Crime Podcast. Hi, lady. This is Breaker from the Darker Side True Crime. I have a story for you. First, a little background. My mom tells me I'm clairvoyant. So is my grandmother, she's told me. I've always could feel evil things, people's negativity. I could sense when something bad would happen. Disclaimer here. Not that something bad would always happen, although. I can even sense evil en entities at times. These abilities can be somewhat sensitive and overwhelming at times, so over time I've learned to block them off. Anyhow, to the story. I live in Hawaii. We say that we're probably one of the most haunted states in America. One night when I was living in Chinatown, I remember I had just gotten up, still a little hazy, and just lying there in bed. And that's when I saw him, an Asian teen, possibly about 16, thin, wearing a t-shirt and a ball cap backwards, right there, right in front of me. I was lying there with my arm under my head. And that's when it happened. He pushed me right there in the armpit. I remember thinking to myself, uh -huh. It didn't hurt. And then, that's when it hurt. <laughs> and that's also when I realized the booger didn't have legs. I jolted up, I looked around, and the boy, the boy was gone. So was the pain for that matter. The rest of the day happened without any further paranormal activity. I do have another story for you if you're interested. Not as good as this one, though. Love your podcasts. Keep up the great work.
I'm going to pause the spooky tales so you can hear a word from our sponsors. I'm back to tell you about BetterHelp. I have found a great counselor that has really been helping me. Finding the right counselor when you need to talk can be a daunting task, but with BetterHelp, it doesn't have to be. For over a year, I have found that online therapy is right for me. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. It's great because you can start communicating in under 24 hours. If you're thinking you can't afford it, then think again. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. Visit BetterHelp.com slash It's Haunted. That's BetterHelp.com. That's Better H-E-L-P. And join the over 500,000 people taking charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. Again, a special offer for It's Haunted What Now listeners. Get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash It's Haunted. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Thanks, Breaker, for sharing your story. And like I tell everyone, just assume I want to hear your story. Send it on down when you can. I had no idea that Hawaii was considered super haunted, which makes me hope there are some listeners out there who have some really cool stories. This was strange, like why did he just decide to punch you? We will probably never know. Karen comes to the show with her creepy tale. Hi, Lainey. Like half of your listeners say, I'm kind of a paranormal skeptic, but I love anything spooky or ghostly, including your podcast. And I won't say that I don't believe in ghosts, if you know what I mean. My husband's grandma died before I met him. When we got engaged and were staying at his dad's house, I took the engagement ring off and left it on the bathroom counter when I went to bed. In the dark, my husband asked where the ring was and I told him. Just then, the light on the dresser came on, directly illuminating a photo of his grandma, who the diamond originally belonged to. I got the ring out of the bathroom and we started sleeping in another room after that, and I always close the door when we're there, just to be sure. I also sleep with my ring when I'm there. So that was in 2004. Fast forward to sometime over the past six or nine months. We were at my in-laws again, and my husband's stepmom asked if I wanted to take a different old photo of the grandparents with us. A cold old portrait in an oval frame, so I was like, bring it. I hung it up in our living room, and it only made me feel a tiny bit weird. 
The following things have happened since then, and nothing like them had ever happened before. I was home alone, working, and the TV came on. The remote was nowhere near me, and the TV hadn't been on in hours. So I went to pick up the remote and said out loud, Look, we're not watching TV right now, turning it off. Another time, we were all in the living room sitting down. My husband, our 10-year-old kid, and our 80-pound dog were there. There was a big, fairly heavy cardboard guitar box leaning at an angle against the dining room table. No one was near it. Suddenly, the box fell over with a loud thud. No one was walking around or doing anything that would shake the floor or anything like that. To be clear, the box fell over the opposite way that it was leaning. It was leaning toward the table, and you would think that it would slide down, if anything, but it went the complete opposite way, out away from the table, if that makes any sense. In other words, it looked like someone had pushed it. My husband reported these next two things, and I know it's not fair, but I don't give them as much weight as my own experiences. He said he was looking everywhere for a specific guitar pick when he looked back at the bed where he had already searched, and there it was. Another time he was recording himself playing guitar and says that in the video you can hear a second guitar playing. I couldn't tell, but he said it's really weird. So the grandma in the photo and who originally had the diamond played guitar. I think this was when I took the photo down and put it in our room, leaning up against the wall by the dresser so you can't really see it. I know that seems like a weird move, but looking at it was creeping me out. Yet I was nervous about putting it away exactly. My husband was like, oh, you shouldn't have done that. I got pissed at him for trying to scare me. He was joking, which I knew, but still. Sometime later, I was putting something away in my son's room at night. He was in the living room at that time. I turned the overhead fan light on, and the best way I can explain it is like a commercial haunted house prop light. It sort of flickered and flashed in a way that I've never seen ever in 44 years. It was extreme and ongoing and didn't look realistic at all or like an electrical issue. That light has never acted weird in the past, although full disclosure, the fan part has malfunctioned before, but not in a spooky way. I was like, uh, dude, to my husband, not my kid, come here. Naturally, it stopped before he got there. Another time, we had been out of town for a day, and so my neighbor had been over to let our dog Boone out. We still had the Christmas tree up, but just with some star-shaped lights, which were on a timer. They are multifunction lights, and I had them set up to slow fade. We pulled up to the house in the dark now, and through the front window, you could see wildly flashing lights. I was like, what the actual fuck? I went in first, and the lights on the tree were going apeshit crazy, flashing really fast, a setting I would never use. I actually took a video of that setting later, which I will attach if I can. It was especially creepy because there were no other lights on in the house. I called my neighbor to ask if the power had gone out while we were gone. It hadn't. I told her what happened and she was like, yeah, the lights were doing that when I went over there, but I didn't want to say anything because I thought that's just how you like them. She also said that when she got there, Boone couldn't get out of the house fast enough. Normally, she has to bribe him to get out, even if he's been inside all day. All right, there's one more thing, and it's the one that really creeped me out. My son falls asleep without enough covers on. 
so I always cover him up after he falls asleep. He virtually never wakes up when I do this. One night, when I went to cover him up, and I'm not shitting you here, he sat up really fast with his arm outstretched and grabbed my hand while he had his mouth open the way a motherfucking dementor would. I don't remember if his eyes were open, but I reflexively slapped his hand away. I know, great mom. Then he grabbed me around the neck and pulled me down into a big hug. Neither one of us said anything. What the fuck? What the fuck? What the actual fucking fuck? He's never done anything like that before as a joke, and I really think he was asleep up until that point, and maybe the whole time. I asked him about it a day or two later to see if he even remembered it. He sort of hesitated and then said he did remember. I asked if he was joking or what. I didn't want to scare him, and again, he sort of paused before he said yes. It was not exactly convincing, but also I don't know why he would lie about that. That was a month or so ago. Nothing else has happened. I plan to return the picture of the grandparents next time we visit the in-laws, but I'm kind of nervous about doing that too. We now have one of grandma's guitars hanging on the wall in our bedroom. Maybe she likes that. P.S. I couldn't remember what Dementors were called, so I googled Harry Potter Spirit Suckers. P.P.S. I'm not sure how to send the videos through the website. I could email them directly though. Just let me know if you want me to send them. Thanks. Wow, Karen, what a story. I have the videos and we will post them on our Instagram and Facebook page for you to check out. I always sage anything that I am ever given. You just never know the type of energy that comes with it, whether it's good or bad. So I like to be safe and just clear any energy that isn't mine. It's just a helpful spooky tip for you. Now Shay is back to share another story with us and all we gotta say is keep it coming. Here's another one for you in my stash of many. When I was about 15, I lived in the country that had a barn in the back pasture that we kept our feed and tack in. We are a rodeo and team roping family. In the tack room, as we call it, was an old phone bolted securely on the wall. The phone line had been cut long before we moved in. We just never took the actual phone off the wall. Even the cord that connected the handset to the actual phone was missing. About 2.30 one morning, our house phone rang. It was 911 on the other line, asking my mom where the emergency was. My mom promptly told them everyone in our house was asleep and that there must be a mistake. She then came down the hallway to check on my brother and me to make sure we were asleep, which we were. She went back to the phone and the 911 operator and told her everyone was accounted for and asleep. The next day, we went to the barn to start our morning chores. When we opened the door to the tack room, the phone was torn completely off the wall. Bolts were still in the wall and across the room under some empty feed sacks like it had been thrown across the room. Thanks for letting me tell my stories. There are a ton more from this house alone that I can't wait to share. Okay, so these types of stories really do freak me out. 
Chez, our audio engineer, has a very similar story and it always gives me goosebumps. I hope he decides to share it someday. Hint, hint. But I would be so paranoid thinking someone had spoofed my number or was calling from my home. And it's even more creepy that it came from a phone with no phone line connected to it. So thank goodness I don't have a landline anymore. Well, that wraps up this episode. If you'd like to submit your own spooky tale to be read on the show, head to hauntedpod.com and click on the link to submit your story. You can also email me at hauntedpod at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a positive review on Apple Podcasts or your podcast player of choice. It really does help. You can find us on Twitter at podcast underscore haunted, Instagram at it's haunted what now, or at hauntedpod.com. The official composer for the show is We Talk of Dreams. Check him out on Twitter at We Talk of Dreams or WeTalkOfDreams.com. Audio engineering is provided by Gray Multimedia. Until next time. Did you hear that? As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.